Well, we are grateful to have the scouts with us today. I wish I would have uh, acknowledged parents. If you're a parent of a scout with us today, would you just lift a hand in the air? Any of the parents who are with us today? A few parents who are here, we welcome you. Glad that you're with us this morning. And a reminder that the scouts are having the pancake uh, breakfast brunch right after the service. So hope you'll stop by. I bet you can get some uh, bacon or sausage with those pancakes too, perhaps. And you're going to learn at the Ash Wednesday service this week where pancakes come from. So added a little incentive to come to Ash Wednesday this week. As we get ready for the message this morning, would you join me now in a word of prayer? Gracious God, speak to us in ways that help us to learn, in ways that help us apply what we hear, in ways that impact what we do when we leave, so that your word becomes active, living, and moving in our everyday life. In Christ's name, amen. Back in November, after I announced the death of my mother, I got an email message from a woman in our congregation who was relating to the experience of losing her parents many, many years ago, but also acknowledging uh, the death of her own husband through a violent event. She just said in that email, another story for another time. Before Christmas, I was at an open house in our church and a woman came up to me and said, I've been worshiping with you online since about May. And then she said with a look that communicated a lot more behind her words, it's been life-changing. I said, well, I would love to know more about that sometime. So we made an appointment about 10 days ago. We finally sat down to meet, and I learned that this woman was the sender of the email back in November. She told me how three years ago, her husband had been helping a family member who was struggling, and one evening that family member came to their home and shot and killed her husband. She held him as he died. She said that was just the beginning of what's been a long winter of life. Challenges in the family, challenges in the estate, issues with her own health, and then the company she had worked for for many years had to downsize and she lost her job. She has a very good friend who's a member of St. Luke's who encouraged her to start watching services, and so she did. And she talked about what that has meant to her, the help and the hope that it has been providing her. As I listened to her toward the end of our visit, I felt, of course, this tremendous sense of grief just relating to the experiences that she's had over the last three years. But I also had this profound sense of gratitude Because it was a reminder to me that what we do in this church every week, the testimonies of activities Pastor Jen shared a moment ago, the efforts that go into preparing worship services and sermons have an impact. That through not only 
people in this room, but folks who are watching us right now, experience hope in ways I don't even know about. And it just gives me the feeling that, yes, what I do matters. We all should have that. We all need that. To know that when we work through the church, what we do, what we make possible, is like creating a road that helps people to experience God along that way, a road that helps them meet God. The mission of John the Baptist was to prepare a road, to make ready a way that would help other people experience Christ. He understood clearly what his mission was, so clearly that when some of his disciples said to him one day, there's a person named Jesus who's drawing bigger crowds now than you've been drawing. What do you think about that? And he looked at Jesus in the distance and he said, he is the one I've been getting ready for. It's time for you to stop following me and start following him. And then he spoke this impactful, powerful statement that you already see on the screen. He must increase I must decrease. What a thing to say when throngs of people have been coming to hear you. But he understands his role. It's not about me. It's about making him great. But there are times you still need to know. Even if spiritually you've got the right heart, the right attitude, Putting in the effort, there are just times you need to know, am I really doing it? Is what I'm doing mattering in the work of God? So when John was arrested by Herod and put in prison and knew he was going to die, perhaps it was the isolation and the loneliness, perhaps the fear of what was going to happen to him, but he started questioning he just needed to know, was, was this all worth it? He sent messengers to go to Jesus and ask him, John would like to know, are you the one? Are you the one? Everything John had been doing, was it for the right reason? And Jesus doesn't say to them, go back to John and say yes. He doesn't send them back and say, now tell John, don't worry. He served his purpose. No, Jesus does the best thing he could have done. Look at this verse. He says, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. What does Jesus do to confirm to John that what he's done matters? He gives him the evidence of changed lives. That's the best evidence you can ever have. The best evidence we could ever have that motivates us to keep going in ministry and the work of the church is to be able to see and hear from people whose lives are being positively impacted 
And so that's what I want to do for a few moments this morning. Encourage us with the evidence of lives that have been impacted through the ministry of St. Luke's. We call this a vision Sunday to celebrate not only what has been going on, but to think about what might be happening in the year or the years ahead. It's important to just pause and do this every now and then. Uh, Last month, Governor Holcomb, whose parents are members of St. Luke's, gave his final state of the state address for Indiana. In his address that, that evening, he was interrupted more than 20 times by applause. So depending on how many times you break out into applause this morning, we'll determine how long this goes. Well, there's a good start. You might not like how long it goes, but if you keep clapping, I sure will. All right. I want to begin, and I want to do more reading than I typically do. That's why I'm going to do this from behind the pulpit today. But I want to start with the vision statement that we affirmed a couple of years ago and looking at what the church, what it means to be church in a post-COVID world when more people watch online than attend in person, which is still the case today. What does it mean to reach people virtually? It was a whole new understanding of what it means to do church, but also at the same time realize that there are a lot of people impacted by isolation with a need to be more in person than ever before. We got to get better at both. What does that mean? We developed this statement that the vision of St. Luke's is to be an explosive force of God's radical, inclusive, and just love reaching hundreds of thousands of people, especially those who've given up on church or the possibility of a God who loves them. Now, I know that that number, hundreds of thousands, sounds pretty crazy. But when you look at the number of people who check out St. Luke's online every day, who watch podcasts, who tune into classes and devotions and worship services, this number's not so crazy. In fact, our vision is about taking our numbers seriously and being intentional about the many ways we can help people encounter Jesus. It's not just about numbers, it's about people. We identify four key areas of focus in this vision. Multi-site strategy, equipping disciples, city impact, and exclusive expansion. And that's what I wanna talk about for a few moments. So let's look first at multi-site expansion. Very clearly we have Midtown as an example of success here. Launching in December of 2022 in Broad Ripple, Midtown averaged 130 after their first year of worship. Since they, and since this past month of 2024, they've averaged 156. That's an incredible rate of growth for a new campus. And since we aren't live streaming Midtown, those are people on the premises at Midtown who are gathering every week. But the impact, of course, is not just numbers. It's people like Angel. Angel came to Midtown last year and attended Starting Point her first Sunday. She shared how positive her experience was and how she felt in one day like she belonged. Then Angel had the audacity to return the next Sunday and bring a friend. Then the next week, they brought another friend. And these three are now regular faces at Midtown and are examples of what's happening there. That is happening because 
we made a decision some years ago to go beyond the footprint of our physical address here on West 86th Street and to say where might be other locations God is calling us to go. We also continue to experiment with ways to bring our online campus together and continue growing this community, which is growing. (laughs) Our online community in 2023 grew by close to 15%. That's been a big growth, and mostly through this service watching right now online. So we want to connect better with our online attenders, and we will. Let's turn our attention to City Impact. (laughs) Starting to feel like the governor up here. City Impact translated the vision for our church this way, changing the lives of families from birth to adulthood by establishing a community hope center that connects services which target the tangible causes of infant mortality. That's what they felt was going to be the biggest area of impact we feel God is calling us to make. Through educational, nutritional, and direct needs resourcing, we will bring hope to our city, and it starts with... Diapers. Why diapers? For one, because daycare centers require caregivers to supply their own diapers or the children cannot attend. No daycare, no work. Three to five parents miss work or school for this reason. For another, diapers are not changed often enough, resulting in medical treatment, resulting in more money and time away from work. Also, diapers are not covered by government programs. I think that's a big one. And there are numerous other reasons identifying diapers as a lagging indicator of poverty-related issues. Since the 2022 launch, we have remodeled the Modge into Hub for Hope as a welcoming space to meet neighbors every week. Worked alongside experts from the IU School of Medicine to build systems for serving neighbors and capacity for scalability. Distributed over 200,000 diapers into our church community and to our community through the Crooked Creek Food Pantry and Hub for Hope diaper distribution. Worked alongside the Indiana Diaper Bank by supporting their clients with 100,000 diapers. Hosted multiple bundling events and started the program for expectant mothers coming out of homelessness in partnership with Grassroots MCH Initiative. Hub for Hope also supports neighbors facing eviction. Our Hope Ambassadors volunteers have met with over 200 neighbors this past year to help people stay in their homes. Many of these families came to us by referral from the Washington Township Schools because they trust St. Luke's. Our hope for 2024 is for the Hub for Hope to add offerings like victim support groups, maternal health seminars, and even a legal clinic, creating a community where people find belonging, opportunity, and wholeness. Here is Quana's story, one of the moms who visits Hub for Hope Diaper Pantry every month. Quana is a single mom of three, a four-year-old and a set of twins who just turned three. Every month she comes in, grabs a snack, sits down while the kids go straight to the play area. As she sits, smiles, and thanks us, she starts to relax and get comfortable. There's a lightness and sense of relief in her that grows while she's there. She greets people in line, she recognizes. 
She's probably one of our biggest referrers of other mothers to our program and seems to be able to refer across cultural and language barriers. We asked Quana what Hub for Hope has meant for her family. She shared that with three kids, she used to map out different times and locations of other diaper pantries, having to drive further and many times only to get there and discover they were either out of resources or the size she needed. At times, she would have to go up to three different places to get basic resources. Recently divorced, putting herself through school, recovering from major surgery in the past year. We can only imagine the stress and time it took for her to obtain something many of us would pick up at Target on the way home. She told us that Hub for Hope has made her feel welcome and cared for. Through our diaper pantry, Kwana has not only found hope, she's giving hope to others who have either given up on God themselves or the belief in a God who could love them. Now let's consider the area of inclusive expansion. We'll have to bring the Speaker of the House up next. All right. Inclusive expansion initially focused on worship, but leadership changes have delayed our progress. Uh, finally, at last, we have the newest member of our staff here to celebrate, our Director of Worship, James Hume. And we look forward to resuming attention on this work. And James is in the back. But James, would you lift a hand up in the air and wave it for a moment so people know who you are? and have a chance to meet and welcome you. But you know, while this was a delay for us, as we thought that inclusive expansion would take hold here in worship, God always has plans and dreams and opportunities that go beyond us. So God put it on the heart of one of our staff members in children's ministry, Crystal Hensley, to create a special needs ministry to offer a safe space for neurodiversity kids and other students and their parents. Josh and Haley Bring found St. Luke's when looking for a new church that has special needs support. They started attending a year ago and found a place that could welcome their three-year-old son, Elijah. Then Josh's dad, Peter, moved here from out west to be with his family and started attending St. Luke's too. And uh, Josh and Haley also attend the parents' monthly small group and Haley has even presented as a guest speaker to her fellow parents on co-regulation skills based on her work as a licensed clinical social worker. Elijah and Sydney were baptized this winter, and Peter Bring became a member of the church. Their family attends regularly, and Peter also just started singing in the choir and is in a disciple Bible study group. Jessica Cobb began attending St. Luke's because her son Parker has always been so religious. Parker is currently in middle school and has autism. Jessica came to St. Luke's because of the special needs support we offered. She didn't even consider herself very religious, but she knew this was important to her son. They began attending regularly, and I believe Jessica was also a part of the Small Business Incubator Project, which we started several years ago. She had a work share plan with Chef Joseph working a few hours in the kitchen for him in trade for using the kitchen for her pastry business. Jessica was hired for a period of time to be on our staff working with Chef Joseph, and she has also started finding hope and help in our community here. 
She says, St. Luke's has given me the courage to leave what had become an unhealthy marriage. She found strength and love in the people of St. Luke's. She trusts the kids' ministry and youth ministry to care well for her children. She would say this community and her newfound faith are sources of strength. And we celebrate that just recently she got a great job offer for her family. So we wish she could have been with us. We celebrate she's in a place she needs to be. One more area, equipping disciples. We lost Pastor Eric this past year as he moved to Atlanta following the job change his wife Megan got in Atlanta. But we are also very thankful for Heidi Schultmeyer and the full-time work of Stephen Hoskins who have done so much to keep small groups and classes offered, organized, and running effectively. Though we've been in a time of limbo between directors, nothing has prevented God from continuing to work in our discipleship ministry, and you can just ask Christina Welch about that. Early last year, she had a desire to find community and make the church smaller. In June, there was a sermon series entitled Thresholds. After the message about women in ministry, she got up the courage to respond. She felt like the message was directed at her, and she wanted to find a place to serve. Two weeks later, in another sermon, she heard the words, some doors open before we're ready. It just so happened that Sunday that there was a meeting for anyone interested in leading a disciple Bible study. She had an impactful experience when she had taken Disciple One back in 2020, so she attended, and by that evening, she had signed up to be a Disciple One leader. She says, That step of faith led me to rediscover God's call and the fact that God has me. God will give me what I need, the words, the insight, the right question to facilitate the discussion with my small group and at the same time develop a sense of community with other group members. I wasn't ready, but the door opened, and I'm grateful that I followed the nudge to take a step over that threshold. Now, what makes ministry happen in all of these areas is the awareness that people are the goal. Changed lives, impacted lives, transformed lives are always the result of effective ministry. And changed lives change the world. Clearly, effective ministry is happening at St. Luke's, and we have a lot to celebrate. The vision is coming into view. We're seeing the reality, but we don't yet see the full focus. The work continues, and the importance and significance of it has never been so great. So many all around us feel alone in their challenges. The God spark is in them, but they just need a little help from people to keep it fanned. And for some, it's worse than that. They've given up on God, who really is there and who really does care. The vision of St. Luke's is worthy of us giving our best because when we can see how such a vision is becoming real and people are being impacted, we get revived. Our hope gets renewed. Our souls get filled. And when our doubts cause us to ask, Jesus, are you really the one? Was our work really worth it? Did it make the difference we thought it would? He says, look around you. Look at the Christinas and Jessica Cobbs and Bring families and Quanas and angels and know that yes, 
not only is he the one, but the roads that we build, the ways that we make possible through every dollar we give, every hour we commit to serve, is helping him to meet people and impact their lives. There's a story about the founder of the Salvation Army, General William Booth, who in his later years in life got too old to attend the annual general assemblies. The first time this happened, it was really hard on him, hard that he could not be there to encourage all the ministers and the servants himself. So he wanted to send a message. He went to a telegram office. This is how far back it was. He wrote out a page-long message to send to the conference. The telegram operator calculated the cost per word and gave him the bill, and he thought, ah, I can't afford that. He took the paper and he whittled it down a couple of paragraphs and gave it back, and still the cost was more than he wanted to pay. So he said, okay, send this word, one word. And so the transmitter sent the word. The secretary of the conference got up excitedly before the people to said, as you all know, General Booth could not be with us for the very first time in our history, but he sent us a message. He gave us one word to share. It is this, others, others. Everyone got the message. That's the purpose. That's why we're here. To see that whatever we've been given in life is a chance to impact the lives of others. And when we're going through our own stresses and challenges and heartaches and pain, often the avenue in which God walks down to give us hope is when we have made a way to reach out to others. And then we find God lifting us up. 